are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. It's your boy, Evan Klosky. Back again, and we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. We are, of course, pleased to be joined by Channel 10 WTSP Sports Director Evan Klosky. And since we last spoke... A week ago or so, the Rays have been on a roll. I guess when you face the Royals and Angels, that'll do that to your franchise? It certainly helps, right? Uh, I, I think after um, after that debacle in Yankee Stadium, uh, I'm pretty sure I said, right, you, gotta, you, you have to win six of eight. That five of eight would not be debil- debilitating, but might hurt you in the later rounds. Six of eight was always the goal. They accomplished that against the Royals. And, um, you know, they, they are uh, looking just fine against the Angels uh, for now. And, um, but we know what's coming down the chute, right? Yeah. Like the schedule is going to get a lot harder. Luckily, the Mariners are losing to like the Nationals and the Athletics. And the Mariners have a really easy schedule. So uh, you need a little fortune as well. But, creating some buffer with, you know, two more series against the Yankees coming down. You got, you know, Houston also. The one hope is maybe the Astros by then have like locked everything up and they're kind of half-assing it to the finish line. Mm-hmm. That's really what you're hoping for as a, as a Rays fan. I want to turn it I want to turn the attention to the schedule because we have talked about uh-huh. the schedule and we've kind of been doom and gloom about September with with all with facts like these are really difficult teams that the Rays are going to face and it is the most difficult strength of schedule that any team is going to be facing that any team has right for the, for the rest of the 162 it's it's the race now i was talking to uh, a buddy friend of the show uh, austin holloway uh and he said let's think about it the other way why are we thinking it with with the uh, what is that uh the saying the Glass, glass half empty. empty. Glass, Let's yeah. do the yeah the full the half empty half full whatever the the positive <laughs> one is. Optimistic yep. is full. There we go. Optimistic empty. So the full one. He's like, why don't we look at it this, this way? It's going to be good if we believe that this race team is built for the playoffs. What better way to get your adrenaline pumping that your your competitive advantage? your actually strategic thinking about what you're going to be doing in October better than doing it with teams that you're going to be facing in October. The Astros are going, the Yankees are going, the Blue Jays might be going probably. So you're going to be facing all these teams that are good competition for you to get the ball rolling. So is that an alternative way of thinking that actually could help this clubhouse, Evan? I don't know if it helps you sleep at night. Sure. (laughs) I mean, last year, I distinctly remember them going to the Yankee stadium. We threw McClanahan out there and we're like, you know, Boz went out there and it was like, Oh, this is a great tune up. And this is, you know, a a playoff like series. And 
you know, Lau went off and it was like, man, Lau is so hot entering the postseason. There's no way he's going to suck again, <laughs> you know? And then it, what ends up happening is just the playoffs begin, things change, and each game is created independently of the things that happened before it. So um, in one instance, sure. Um, I, I don't, you know, we're going to see, like, let's go judge what the – you know, let's say the Rays make it right. And, and they do exactly what you're told. Let's go look at the flip side at the Mets where their September schedule is probably the easiest out of anybody in the league. And then let's go see what happens in October. But in the end, um, we're talking about a small sample size. So no matter what, it, everything is a blip on the radar. And when you go back to last year's series against Boston, it's not like the Rays played poorly yeah. uh, outside of, of, a bad pitch, an uncharacteristically bad pitching performance in game two on the back half, um, even though Bob stunk that game anyway. But then you also had two games that were decided by extra innings and you lost both of them. So, mm-hmm. um, or it just, you know, and a fluke Kevin Kiermaier. I mean, like I can go on and on, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the margin of error in the playoffs. It's that thin. And, you know, I'm not a, I'm not necessarily a firm believer that that road is going to help pave the path for them moving forward into the playoffs. I would just like to be in the playoffs in whatever way I can get there. That's the route that I prefer. Question. Uh, Since we last spoke a week ago, what has impressed you most or given you some confidence for the Rays going forward? Is it Randy Rosarena? Is it... Harold Ramirez, is it somebody on the pitching staff that has picked things up of late? Of course, the Rays, I mean, as of this recording, they have yet to win the series against the Angels, but it looks like they got uh, a good shot to do that, and that would be their fourth series win in a row. But uh, dating back to since they took three out of four against the Royals, and now uh, at least the first two games against the Angels taking care of business. Yeah, I mean, it has to be the pitching, right? I mean, 9 of 11 games of giving up two runs or less, I mean, that is extraordinary. And not to mention, one of those games, they lost 3-2 to two in extra innings. So really, that 10th game, they only gave up two within nine. Yeah. And then they also gave up four to the Yankees within nine until the stupid Donaldson home run. But, you know, mm-hmm. the pitching, the starting pitching has been Unfrickin' believable. I mean, yeah. Kevin, I know you mentioned this a few pods back when we talked about it. I think I think we did it at the All-Star break. But more and more, the biggest surprise of the season has to be Jeffrey Springs. Um, my Lord, like that guy came into this camp as a relief pitcher yeah. that they just said, maybe he's got a little Drew in him. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. And the guy's got like, you know, and, and yeah. they pitch him in a very Tony Gonsolin type way. He's going to go through the order twice and that's going to be it. And there's been tons of success there. Um, not to mention these pitchers have also been extremely efficient and going deep into games. And I know Kluber also kind of gets the early hook, but you know, cash has this luxury of not getting his bullpen stretched too thin early in games where he doesn't really have that many long relievers back there. Like, you know, Garza Jr. isn't isn't uh, isn't on the team anymore. Like, it, there's a lot of quality there, and maybe their let's say their worst reliever would be off the top of your head. What like 
Sean Armstrong on paper, and he's been fantastic recently. Right. Um, Colin Poche has moved kind of down the list of, mm-hmm. of where he stood. Not, I mean, a month ago, he was one of the best. And I mean, you just bring, uh, you know, JT Shagwa back and, you know, his triple a numbers were a bit concerning, but we'll see what he brings to the team overall. I just, it's the same story as last year. This year is really just the pitching is going to have to find ways to create success for this team and while randy has been fantastic to watch he has been unbelievable you know the faucet's going to turn off at some point right like it just randy is 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 hitting his his numbers <laughs> like he is probably going to exceed a little bit of what we expected but in the end he's inching dangerously close to those stat lines that we predicted yeah which makes me believe that there's a cold stint coming on harold ramirez Love him in the lineup. Wakes up, bowl cereal, one for four, right? That's what, you know, that's what you listen to. At least. And, uh, like two and, for um, five. But look at his Babbitt. Like, his Babbitt is insane this year. Yeah. I love Harold Ramirez. But this guy is the king of seeing eye singles, of doinkers, of getting <laughs> jammed and flying it the opposite way. It, like, if I were to put together a montage of his base hits, like his last ten like how many are hard contact base hits? Yeah. The guy just, but you know, I give him credit because I, I contact. That's what's going to happen. But yeah, I, I think some of it too is he swings. Well. He swings so hard, and infield defenders probably don't like realize or they're not ready for the fact that it could be a, a dinker or a doinker because the, he swings out of his shoes all the time. And he does yeah. have hard hit percentage. Like he's actually he does hit the ball hard. But when those dinkers happen, like you're saying, Kevin, the fielders might already be adjusted to expect the hard yeah. hit. So the dinkers actually are the, falling in. But I want to highlight something you said. Entering Wednesday's game in the last eleven games, a hundred innings pitched by the race by, by the race staff, only eighteen earned runs. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic! What the yeah. pitching staff has been doing—just the starters and the bullpen—it has been tremendous. The Rays are not where they are right now with all of their injuries and all the defensive mistakes and all of their base running gaffes without that pitching staff. Yeah, and you yeah. can also thank uh, Taylor Wall's shortstop play defensively as well, and yeah, Jeffrey Springs. I guess maybe he's turning himself into a lefty Greg Maddox or something. Although I get a little nervous when he steps off the mound to try to make a play because isn't that how yeah. he? duffed his uh, ankle last year, but yeah. he can uh, he can move around a little bit and, and yeah. pick one and at least throw it to first. There's been a lot yeah. of issues for – pitchers can't throw it to first for whatever reason, but he seems uh, to have a handle on it. And I'll just say this just to, to wrap a bow on it. And, again, I, I love Harold, but the bat is too high. Like, even with all the stuff, the great thing about Harold is that teams really don't know how to shift against him, and mm-hmm. he's very good at picking the holes. So, even though he has a high Babbitt, I think a lot of it is planned, like – I'm going to take what the defense yeah. has given me and that's where I'm going to aim. Like that, that's kind of where the zone that he's in right now. But what's, what's most encouraging is what could possibly be coming down to shoot. And that is the hope, you know, that you can build a little bit of buffer and get wander back in, in, in this lineup. And you can hopefully get guys like, uh, you know, Torinos and McKay back to form in some way to help you in a September stretch. And, and then also dangling a little carrot that maybe come playoff time, you have Tyler Glass now coming in pitching for two innings as mm-hmm. an yeah. opener of sorts. 
Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I just 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 highlight also uh, Evan's point. Uh, Harold's BABIP is it is high three seventy one. 371. Yeah, so. yeah but it, I mean, he's batting 340. So, I mean, it's naturally going to be high, right? I What's the average totally. Babbitt? 300? I think yeah, what's, uh, what's average his average Babbitt? Three, uh, 280 and 330. Okay. I Look, I, I don't think Harold Ramirez is ever going to have a batting average this high in his career ever again. But I think just uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits 300 another I mean, time or two in his career. Average. The expected batting average is in the 96th percentile. Yeah. So it's like, I get the BABIP is high, but like the way that he's, that he gets I the love contact his approach. the way that he does. I love his approach. Again, I this is I know, not the approach a, is great. I am not, I am a Harold believer. I need Here's the hate mail. Uh, tweet at E. Klossky <laughs> for all, uh, he hates Harold Ramirez with a passion. I, so, uh, please I am a him. huge freaking fan of Harold Ramirez. I'm just saying that there is some regression bound to happen. Yeah. Now, that might not happen this year. He might just... He might just go on a heater all the way through. It yes. might be next year where you're like, oh, man, we got Harold Ramirez coming back. And all of a sudden, those base hits it. that were happening in 2022 are not happening in 2023. I'm just saying I don't know where it's going to happen. But at some point, it, he is going to come back down a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Yes or no? Is he on the raise in 2023? Absolutely. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, but I, knowing this franchise, who knows? That's <laughs> but true. I wouldn't get rid of him. <laughs> Uh, what are the odds that you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? You lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Drive sober or get pulled over. Uh, Marcelo Zuno could take a tip or two from that. Um, we talked about uh, pitching. Face. What? <laughs> <laughs> be responsible i don't know what to tell you so we we talked about uh pitching quite a bit in the first segment and uh we put something out on twitter hypothetical question and uh figured it'd be right up evan's alley uh we know that the Rays is traditionally do not closer or a de facto closer role but if you had the choice which of these two pitchers deserves or would deserve the closer job would it be jason adam or pete fairbanks jason adam final answer not even close why okay not even close what's so funny about this is the populace on twitter disagrees considerably with you because 62 percent say pete fairbanks and 38 percent say jason adam look at jason adam's numbers they're yeah. Insane. Like I was looking at his baseball savant page the other day. Cause I'm just like, God, this guy's a freak. Like, mm-hmm. what is it? Like what, what, what did the Rays unhatch here? And, um, he is in like the 99th percentile in like every category. Yeah. Exit velocity against expected batting average against, uh, you know, hit like his pitches are above. Like, I think his three pitches are above average as far as movement and spin are concerned. It's, um, the, WOBA, I like expected WOBA. It just everything like yells like elite. Yeah, Th- this year at least, this year elite. And while Pete Fairbanks certainly has the fastball, and like Pete the has look. been 
tremendous uh, to begin the season, like coming back from the IL. It's, you know, I mean, he's always scared the ever living crud out of Rays fans in the past. And this year has been really rock solid. But when push comes to shove, when Kevin Cash is building out a, a bullpen, when is Jason Adam pitching? It's always, always two, three, four, five. He is always his main guy. It doesn't matter what inning. That's what the Rays have taught us over the last couple of years. I don't care what inning it is, who's this, who's that. When two, three, four come up in the seventh, eighth, or ninth, Jason Adams is going to be pitching. So, and, and Brooks Raley has been the consolation prize. And Fairbanks is sneaking up now, sort of kind of in – like maybe like five, six, seven, like he's like right there. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. if we need him to pitch to four, five, six, I'll go Fairbanks. If I'm like, you know, judging this out, but you know, even when Poche was, was getting those closing opportunities, a lot of those opportunities were coming around six, seven, eight in the, in the lineup. So it was just falling in Poche's hands that he was kind of third string. And it was like, all right, here's another ninth inning where the bottom of the order is coming up. Here's Poche time. And mm-hmm. he kind of worked himself out of that role, you know, and, and now you're seeing kind of the three-headed monster of Adam uh, Fairbanks, Rayleigh. I think that's kind of your, your big three, and you work from there. Yeah. But devil's advocate, you just said two, three, four, and maybe we can say five. Um, mm-hmm. that, that goes the highest leverage, seven, eighth, ninth to Jason Adam. And I completely agree with you. And I think that's exactly how it should stay. But the question is closer. So in though in that that game that the two, three, four, possibly five, goes in the seventh or in the eighth inning, I have n- no qualms giving it to Jason Adam. You're my high leverage guy. You're my high leverage guy. Jason well, this Adam. is a hypothetical, a right? But, this is like if we had to choose comes, one. But wait, when the ninth comes and the last three outs, I think Crazy to Eyes get. deserves it. Those are tough to get. I think Crazy Eyes gets that. Really? Crazy you were such so a you're Crazy me if- Eyes hater last year or what previously. That? What was that? What was that? You, Pete, you would pull your hair out during a Pete Fairbanks appearance. You had a case In of the leadoff walk. In 2020 and in 2021, too much traffic on the basis. That is the antithesis of a reliable relief pitcher, 100%. However, 2022, I do not know what is happening to this man. If the Rays gave him finally the secret sauce, he looks different. He is on a different role. He is not like the Pete Fairbanks of 1920 or 21. So what I'm saying is right now, high, le- high leverage guy, the most important outs of the game that are not done by the starter, I give it to Jason Adam. But that ninth inning, if I've used Jason Adam, then I give it to Fairbanks. Okay, so, so you agree with me that Jason Adam yeah. is, should be the closer because he's the most important reliever. Okay, let, let's, let's put it like this. Let, let's put it like this. Okay, you get to the ninth inning. Uh-huh. Jason Adam and Pete Fairbanks are both available. They're both uh-huh. available to be used. Who are you choosing if you're Kevin Cash? Jason Adam. I feel like that's how the question should be framed. It's not like, that's oh, who do we want yeah. as a better seventh inning high leverage yeah, guy? Yeah, because that's my saying. Like, both I mean, guys are available to be used. If we're just t- exactly, if we're just talking about 
You have one guy in the pen. Let's say your starter goes eight. You got one guy coming in for the ninth. Who is and it going to be? I, and I got Jason I got, Adam all day. Yeah, I got to give it to Jason Adam because you're comparing 50 innings plus to 12 innings plus. This, and the, he, this is like the Kittredge from last innings. year. But, it's but, it's but, exactly like Kittredge last year, man. He, yeah. he was the guy that had the secret sauce. You ride yeah. that dude out. You just ride him out. That's the guy and, I want. And let's let's talk about two stats that are very important for relievers. Number one, home runs per nine. 0.36 for Jason Adam, 0.71 yeah. for Pete Fairbanks. So I would rather take Adam on that one. And the second one, Kevin, you know I love this one. Evan, I think we've talked about this before, the left on base rate, the strand rate for uh, a relief pitcher. Fairbanks is at 83.3%, which is really, really, really good. But – Jason Adams is at 88%. So yeah. almost 90% strand rate for runners when he's on the mound. That, that's who yeah. you want. That's who you're giving the ball to. 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10, I need to give it to the 9 out of 10. So I agree. The thing is, just to kind of get into people's psychology here on why they went for Fairbanks 60 – what was it, 60% of the time? You 62%. 62% of the time works every time. Um I think it's the, the, the crazy eye thing. Like people yeah. like Fairbanks. People it's, like his his craziness, his wildness for, for the ninth inning. People gravitate towards that. People don't really gravitate to a guy who's kind of beige like Jason Adam. He just gets in, does the job, walks yeah. away. Kind of like a Mike Trout, like hits a dinger, doesn't even, you know, bat flip, just goes and runs the bases. Like people really don't like, oh man, did you see how he didn't do anything after that great thing he did? People right. Like he, the, oh, he yelled at you know the the, the batter and you know yeah. crazy. Yeah. Pete Fairbanks is great fodder, but I, I and again, this is nothing against Pete Fairbanks. Excellent pitcher this year. He is certainly number two, uh, to you know, or number three in that stable, depending on lefty righty situation. But it, it just Jason Adam has earned the right for me to stand on this hill and be like, yo. I'm going to war with this guy. Yeah. Have you seen him? Have you seen this like pitch movement? It's, it's gnarly. I just, you know, who knows if this is the Jason Adam you'll see next year, but enjoy yeah. while you got it right now. No, exactly. it's, it's one of those good questions to have. And yeah, Pete Fairbanks with the eyes, the fact that he's six foot six, he's got the strut. He throws a hundred miles an hour, but it's not like Jason Adams fastball tops out at 92. Like he's throwing 98 at the top of the zone as well and missing bats. But, and regardless, I mean, Jason Adam has to be one of the best free agent signings of this year across baseball. And maybe, I mean, you would probably have to put him on a podium, a, a top five podium of best free agent signings in Rays history. Offensive. One hundred percent. I mean, you know, let's get through September first, but <laughs> I mean, no, what are you like, signing for uh, under uh, a million uh, dollars? What are you but I mean, I think he signed quick. for like what was it, nine hundred thousand? Nine hundred thousand dollars. When so many other relievers signed for two years, fourteen mil, and I mean, he's up there with Charlie Morton and Carlos Pena and Jeff Kepinger and Fernando Rodney. Like, yeah, you talk about the all-time great. Wow, the Rays really struck gold here. They struck gold with Jason Adam, and it was a great play by his agent and him to choose to wind up with the Rays because he's most likely priced himself out of Tampa Bay after this season where he will get that two-year $15 million deal from some team. He will get that Brooks Rayleigh-esque team from some team, I would imagine. So yeah, No, and, and again, if you 
pay attention to Evan Klosky. He knows what he's talking about. Look at that Savon page. It's just a beautiful piece of artwork, like 98th percentile in the whiff percentage, 96th percentile in the K rate, 94th percentile in the average exit velo, hard hit percentage, 98th percentile, fastball spin, 100th percentile, extension, 84th percentile, and that's like almost his worst one. Like, yeah, it's just beautiful stuff from Jason Adam. I give it to Jason Adam. Klosky gives it to Jason Adam. Kevin, I believe you. Did. Uh, yeah, I give it to Jason Adam. Um, but it look, I I think that Pete Fairbanks would be more fun to watch as a close in time. I just hear you got to ride the Jason Adam train. Evan, uh, we discussed this earlier this week. Um, so I went to a Rays game on Friday, and after I went to the game, I got a survey to complete uh, in my inbox, my email inbox from the Rays. And it took about 10 minutes to complete. But one of the questions, I think it was the final question, was what is one thing that you would want that would most improve your, quote, fan experience at the Trop? Now, we know you are a member of the media. You get to sit in the ivory tower and get as many hot dogs and chips and diet sodas as you want. Uh, but there have been times and free parking and there have, but there have been times where, uh, you, uh, sit with us common folk, us normies, us peasants, normies. um, and you have experienced the life of a race fan at the trop. So I ask you, what would most improve your fan experience at the trop? It's a good question. Um, they, they probably could do a lot more with, the in-house entertainment. I just think that you go to a game and there's not much in, like, I don't know. You go to a lot of other games and they got like, you know, I know they have that little hat game where they put the ball in. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone does that, but like, you know, bring up a couple people, uh, to, to do this trivia or, to have this piece of entertainment. I know we have the groundskeeper who, you know. Right. I don't think they did any in-game interview with a fan during the game I went to on Friday. I know Ulysses has been to like 18 games in the last three days or something like, like that. I don't know. I, I don't remember if they, every game. Do they, I don't know if they have an in-house, like, um, entertainment Yeah, person. they do. Nate Coran, he used yeah, to work for USF, but yeah, he hasn't. Yeah. I, I don't know what – Clearly, he was not doing crap on Friday because I didn't see anything on the video boards. But yeah, I just I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, I, I don't want to say they need to go like they have they have to kind of look at some like minor league teams and how they yeah. do things, because, I mean, your attendance numbers are what they are. So I think you do have to find creative ways to put butts in the seats and create uh, a fun environment to go to while, because you're certainly not going to enjoy Tropicana field for its sights. Uh, you certainly will uh, enjoy its temperature, but I just think that they need to, I don't know. You go to a lightning game and you go there and you're like, man, I got to get to the lightning mm-hmm. early so I can see the, you know, the whole thing on the ice and what, you know, the kind of like, the preamble to the game, they build around it and it's, it's a whole show. And, you know, for the trop, you just kind of meander in there, you sit down and, you know, I don't know. For, for the trop, you want to get there late. So you don't have to pay parking for the lightning. Yeah, you want to get well, there early to see the entertainment. This is, this is very much like that George uh, Carlin bit about 
baseball is played in a park. Football is played in a gridiron. You know, it's like that's just yeah. kind of the way. Yeah. You know, you go to the trap and you're just seeing the sights. But I do it like you know what they do in I think it's in Atlanta, right? Uh, the what's the Incredibles? The yeah, the guy that races around the track. That's Mr. Cool. Freeze. Yeah, Mr. Freeze. Like that's that's a cool little thing. Like more trivia. They do a good trivia though at the trap. I love this one because it's like race centered. It's race focused. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if, and it's the the face of Wander Franco. And what's older, MySpace or Wander? And there's a fan being, you know, asked this question. What's yeah. what's older, Wander or a BlackBerry? You know, a Wander or you know, Blink One Eighty Two? Yeah, all these questions. That, like, more so that happened that. while you were at the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so th- that's cool, and and we need more of that. The problem yeah. is, like Tyler Glass now said in an interview. The sound system is poop. Yeah, the sound system. Because then the entertainment can actually improve. But no matter if you do the Mr. Freeze or more wonder if questions or interview or more fans, it's not going to actually give you any value, any added value, if you don't fix that sound system. Come on, Stu. Look, I I was at the game on Friday, and I don't recall any of that trivia or any in-game antics so to speak outside of like one you know player q a it, it just wasn't much again now it was five dollar beer night so i could have you know missed a couple things more there, of but, that more yeah of that well that's the other too. thing too i'm that so ulysses on this besides that earlier this week you said cup holders that was a biggie thank you i, I said uh cheaper concession slash cheaper parking $20 parking, I think, is a total ripoff. And uh, I will say, though, it's cheaper. For, I mean, you go to some other parks. I agree, parking in general is a ripoff. But in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, their parking is, uh, is pennies compared to like going to like City Field. It's, it's ridiculous. Overall, shame okay. on you, Major the, the, League the, Baseball. The, How do you yes. sleep at night? Don't. <laughs> I, I will not allow Evan Klosky to talk mm. to me about how much or how little parking costs because he gets you brought up, not I. He gets an embossed lanyard that allows him to park for free anywhere he goes. So I'm going Let's to uh, put the kibosh on that one. But yeah. you are not wrong there. You are not wrong because uh, Ty McCann said he called me out. He was like, uh, in Boston, parking is about fifty dollars. That's insane. It's insane. It's 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 asphalt. It's it's bleeping concrete. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, Some other comments here. So we got uh, we got our answers from ourselves. The race should invest in. They should get a little gondola that goes across the bridge, but you can only take it with a ticket to the Rays game. Oh, that's good. I don't know what a gondola is, though. You know, like a little like those buckets that you like in, in amusement parks. Where you go from one park to the other, and you get in your little your little bucket, and you go across the other side. That's oh, so I think no, okay. No, gondola is through. No, gondola is like the one they. Oh, gondola. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. Okay, I'm yeah. thinking. Of that. But I'll take a gondola too. You can go air and sea. All right. Yeah, I like <laughs> but, that. But it's uh, the Rays build it, and and it's the only way. And then you build a new park over there, and you monetize everything. <laughs> Yeah. You want to get home quicker? Take this, but also buy season tickets because that gets you a but free pass all year long. Oh, yeah. I like this. Um, so 
some other comments here before we wrap it up, just to give uh, some listener shout outs. Time I can mentioned uh, parking's not that bad at the trop when you consider other markets like Boston. Uh, M Glazer says better seats to sit in. They get uncomfortable towards the end of the game. Yeah. It'd be nice to have cushions. Um, David Lopez says a world series championship banner hanging from the catwalk. Okay. Uh, Samurai X uh, has a lot of F word comments here, but uh, he, he, <laughs> is uh fun 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 yeah he's yeah, batting he for uh, nine dollar tickets he'd like to see more of those and also uh, you can get open, it for 15 bucks i was looking the other day so yeah and open the uh open the 300s um with a couple but, of i mean why? you can uh, be closer this, to the action every, you can everyone, be closer to the action in the 200s or the 100s look, i don't there know are a lot of things there are a lot of things with Stu that, and deservedly so, he gets crapped on about. But, like, yo, this team was giving out tickets basically for free last year to go watch a 100-win team. And it certainly did help. I, it got them yes, it yeah. did. It you did know, into, into five digits as far as their attendance number were towards the end of the season. But, I mean, overall, like, look, you know, I, I, I do tend to believe that while I sympathize with people that need to get across the bridge and do all that stuff, like so many other markets, man, when you live in the suburbs, that's just the way it is. It's like the stadium's going to be 30 to 45 minutes away. You go into the city, you want to go into the Bronx and you live on Long Island. Like it's going to take you an hour and a half to get there. People, so you know, you do it. So. Near the Yankee stadium though. That's the problem. No, dolphins live next to the trop, not human <laughs> beings. That's the issue. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I mean, look, bring up, bring the Tampa. I'm all for that, but that's, I'm just saying side note. You know, yeah, you, you want change, you got to show up and in, in general. And so, you know, that's that's one of the things. I mean, I'll also say this attendance numbers aren't 100 percent necessary for Stu to make his money. Yeah. But we'll save that for another pod. I mean, it is and it isn't. But whatever. We can break that down another time. Ooh, I like that. Topic. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't think. Hillsborough County is the right place. I think, uh, I think Zephyr Hills and Pasco. Yeah, County I knew that sure was coming. Yeah, oh, I, I wonder why. Yeah, that's an yeah. inside joke. Yeah. Yeah, that's an inside yeah. joke there. yeah. There's a lot of acreage out there. A lot of land. Yeah. You can Tremendous water. Yeah. Tremendous yeah. water. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Anyway. Uh, Evan, where can people find your work? Yeah, you check me out on Twitter, at Eklosky, WTSP. Uh, also, head to 10com you know, it's, it's buck season. They're beginning this, uh, on September 11th. They have their preseason game, their last one coming up on Saturday against the Colts. So we have all that brewing. And then the Bolts, before we know it, are going to be back in camp in like three to four weeks, which is nuts to me. But, you know, wow. once you hit September, October, you're going to want to become, and I got, I got info shooting in every which direction of our professional team. So, yeah. you know, chime in, reach out with a comment. would love to chat, be nice. And, uh, and yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Kevin part. Weiss is joining the live golf tour as well. So there's another lead that you can carry Evan. I'm giving you the tip right now. So go there ahead and is. run with it. Uh, okay. I want to say something about the be nice part. Can people start? Can people be nice to 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 the goat Tom Brady? To my goat Tom Brady? So what? Yeah. He's missing a couple games of preseason. Can people chill out? Does the guy need to be there? No, he well, don't. He's a. When you're goat. on the mass singer, it's tough to be there. So I mean, yeah. whatever conspiracy hole you want to get into on where Tom Brady is, it don't matter. 
It doesn't <laughs> matter. He's the Justin Verlander. He can come from Tommy John and win a Cy Young. He's the Jacob DeGrom. He comes in and nobody hits on his sliders. That's Tom Brady. He can miss a couple of, you know, preseason games. That's my football rant of yeah. the year. Well, again, people are jealous of Tom Brady because of all the jewelry that he has, his hot supermodel wife, uh, the millions upon millions, if not got to be close to a billion dollars in the bank. The fact that uh, he's also good looking and uh, the fact that um, we lost Evan there. The fact uh, that uh, that uh, he's like a four handicap in golf. What can I what can I tell you? So, oh, Evan lost his connection. On that note, thank you for making the Lockdown Rays podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB Prospects podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you on Friday.